Hello and welcome to the EMG Health Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Jonathan Sakia. You may have heard a prior episode where I interviewed my old friend and collaborator on projects of a robotic nature, Dr. Yulin Wang. If not, please find it in the archives. I certainly enjoyed it and I hope you will too. During that conversation, we touched on the World Telehealth Initiative, or WTI. And today, I'm delighted that I get to chat with Sharon Allen, the co-founder and executive director of WTI, a non-profit telemedicine service that provides sustainable medical expertise to vulnerable communities worldwide by utilizing technology to connect a network of volunteer healthcare professionals with those in need. Sharon helped to develop WTI in 2017 and has since been working hard to help physicians use telehealth technology to provide care to patients across the globe, overseeing telemedicine clinics operating in 14 locations in Africa, Asia, Central and South America. As such, Sharon is often invited to speak at notable medical and tech conferences, including the American Telehealth Association, the White House Telehealth Innovation Summit, Nigeria's Healthcare Today keynote, and the AAFP Global Health Summit, just to name a few. Sharon has traveled around the world in order to better understand the needs of under-resourced hospitals and clinics, which has helped to establish this effective and innovative model for delivering specialist care and training to remote communities. Furthermore, Sharon serves on the World Health Organization, the WHO Digital Health Board of Advisors and roster of experts, and is currently working with the WHO to develop their telehealth roadmap for the underserved. I always ask my guests when preparing for the podcast for something different in their background that has nothing to do with work. Sharon told me that she has had to perform CPR three times which I think is probably more than I have. The most harrowing one was when she pulled a motionless kindergartner from the bottom of a pool. Wonderfully, the child survived and is thriving today. So bless you, Sharon. And as a child, she apparently regularly made herself at home in her neighbor's house, unbeknownst to them. And apparently ingress and egress was through a doggy door. So from lifesaver to housebreaker, And, oh, by the way, Sharon has completed over 10 triathlons, meddling in all. I had the pleasure of having dinner with Sharon when she was with Yulin on a recent trip to the United Kingdom. And she really is a very, very complete and fascinating human being. Sharon Allen, it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you again. And thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Jonathan. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Fantastic. So let's just get a bit of background. Prior to help start WTI, you received degrees in both nutrition and wellness and secondary education and teaching. And you were also the president of a landscape supply company with locations throughout California. It's a fascinating background, but how did you first hear about telemedicine and what inspired you to work in this sector? Truthfully, I knew nothing about telemedicine until I met our mutual friend, Dr. Yulin Wong. As the founder of Intech Health, he was the perfect person to indoctrinate me. 
When he shared his vision of utilizing the technology to serve those in need, I was immediately hooked. And truthfully, my life has completely changed course with the launch of World Telehealth Initiative. Well, it's uh, my task, how you met Yulin, I don't think you told me that. It was um, being in Santa Barbara, a small town. It was an introduction through our book club that where all good things happen at the book club and led me to him when I was um, looking for nonprofit involvement. Wonderful. Well, uh, for those of our listeners who have not been to Santa Barbara, uh, I lived in California for a while, and it's actually my favorite place in the state. Um, now, forget about L.A., go visit Santa Barbara. So, Sharon, can you succinctly state the main mission of WTI, and how do you go about achieving those goals, those aims? Sure. Our mission is actually quite simple. We connect volunteer physicians with clinics and hospitals in under-resourced communities around the world by using this telehealth technology. And in doing so, we offer 55 medical specialties to patients in need while we are also providing medical and surgical training to in-country physicians and care teams. So all of our programs, we focus on building the local capacity of the health system and strengthening that healthcare infrastructure within our partner communities. And right now, I know the the bio must not have been updated, but we have programs in 33 communities across 16 countries. Wow. So it's grown another couple of countries since since I checked it out. So I take full responsibility for that. (laughs) So... First, how do you recruit the physicians? And hint, hint, this podcast goes out to a very large community of doctors, as well as people who are not doctors or or other healthcare professionals. So how have you been recruiting physicians? So when we started WTI, we, we considered how we would recruit them. But as it turns out, we don't recruit them. They flock to WTI. We are told again and again how physicians are looking for these opportunities. Now, you know, since the pandemic, we all hear about how overburdened physicians are. And just the other day, I was speaking on the phone with a um, chief medical officer of a physician healthcare services. And he said, Sharon, I've got to tell you, you know, our team is so burnt out. And I said, I I get that. And then he responded by saying, this is what we need. This will give us juice. So they find fulfillment in sharing their knowledge and expertise that has obviously taken significant effort to acquire. And and so therefore, we have actually many, many providers wanting these opportunities. And how do you decide, I mean... I can't think of a country in the world that wouldn't benefit from this service. So how do you prioritize? Really, we, you're right. We have lots and lots of choices. And so we kind of select which programs we feel we could make the most impact in so that, 
you know, involves a variety of factors. You know, we want to make sure we can get them the expertise they're requesting because our partner sites are really the ones that design the programs around their needs and their resources and their capacity. Yeah, we, we are looking to make an impact wherever we go. Right. So it wouldn't be difficult to come up with an explanation as to why the work undertaken by WTI is so important. But what's your main motivation? What gets Sharon inspired about WTI? There are so many people and partners that we've intersected with over the years, from our dedicated on-site clinicians to the humanitarian physicians that are volunteering their time to share their expertise. But really, at the root of it all is the patient's And really, each of these sectors inspire us and keep us focused on our mission. And then also, there's the simple fact that 50% of the world doesn't have access to healthcare. And so, you know, we want to change that. And that, you know, motivates us to make a difference. So people, you know, as as a species, we, we are storytellers and people relate best to stories. Can you tell us some stories about how WTI has made an impact on people's lives? Maybe some examples of communities that have benefited from being associated with WTI. Sure. Well, both a community and a patient story comes to mind. Esperanza is a 19-year-old woman. She's the same age as my daughter, And she was destined for a life of shame and isolation. I met her at a fistula clinic in Malawi. And she's really just one of millions in Africa that are afflicted by obstetric fistula, which is a devastating breathing injury. And with the only cure being a surgical procedure that that can be quite complex. At that clinic, they were staffed by a novice surgeon, but we were able to partner with expert surgeons, in this case from the U.S., but they could be from anywhere in the world. And those experts would connect to the OR to mentor and walk that local surgeon through numerous procedures. And then after two years of mentoring, the clinic became fully sustainable, and that local surgeon can conduct procedures independently as well as train other clinicians. So now all the patients that come to Lalongwe, Malawi, just like Esperanza, are able to regain their lives and once again, be those active members of their community. So it, you know, it affects patients, but there again, also affects communities. And You know, the example that you've given, I know that in Africa, there are a number of these fistula clinics. And, you know, I personally looked after a number of complex colorectal fistulas, but I know, and sometimes there's a condition called uh, traumatic cloaca, which is a, a devastating birthing injury. And yeah, to see the change that you can make in someone's life with something like that. And I think it's important to point out, isn't it, that prior to the pandemic, there were many, many clinicians enjoyed traveling to lesser developed countries to work with their colleagues there and help teach and help bring new techniques to people. And of course, that was all stopped by the pandemic. So this must have been a perfect storm for you guys. 
You're exactly right. <laughs> it, it has been the perfect storm and the pandemic, the way that it shed light um, on the, the power of telehealth um, has benefited our programs. And it, it also, the pandemic actually highlighted the fact that the health of all people around the world is so interconnected. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. So ultimately, I suppose WTI brings healthcare to under-resourced and poor areas of the world. Can you expand about some of the less obvious things that these communities need? You know, health is so much more than the absence of disease. How are the poorer parts of the world help by WTI in that regard, like doing health education on things to do when pregnant, how to, God, even maybe something as banal as how do you lift heavy things without putting your back out? Has it been used for things other than teaching complex surgical procedures? And if not, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, there are definitely fringe benefits from WTI. And one that comes to mind is we actually help alleviate brain drain in which, you know, doctors are moving from countries with scarce resources to ones that are resource abundant. Oftentimes, providers are working in remote areas with a high caseload, so they're unable to leave their practice to get that further training that they seek so they can continue to advance their skills. But we are able to bring that training directly to them. An example is we are told that medical students in Nigeria are now clamoring for the chance to go to a remote village called Opaji so they can learn from international experts through our program. And prior to us being there, that clinic was actually shuttered because it was too difficult to retain staff. So in a sense, I feel like WTI can give back to these communities by offering a unique way for professionals to remain in their communities, yet still receive rich medical education. Fascinating. So another perspective is how the needs of communities that are lesser resourced have changed in recent years. Emerging challenges such as climate change, access to materiel, uh, supply chain. What are the sort of things you're seeing and that maybe WTI can at least help mitigate in part? Although global healthcare is advancing in many ways, you're right. I mean, there's factors, you know, like war or pandemics and certainly climate change that are increasingly becoming significant hurdles. So climate change in particular, of course it affects all of us, but low resource communities are hit the hardest. They often lack access to clean water and sanitation or resources to protect themselves from natural disasters. So it's a significant issue. We are able to help in that regard Polluted air, for example, is a condition of climate change, which leads to asthma and respiratory diseases. And so we we have pulmonologists and, and experts there that can help with patients, you know, with those conditions. Mosquitoes are spreading disease farther and faster as the planet warms. And, and you know, we're there with those diseases. And even famine, you know, has taken a turn for the worse. 
So we have to up, you know, our efforts to address all of these issues, really. Right. So I mentioned a few seconds ago the COVID-19 pandemic, and telemedicine really came of age in the United States, Europe, and other economically privileged countries. How did the pandemic impact healthcare provision globally in the work that you do? And again, I already mentioned less physicians traveling to provide care. What else did you see? First of all, COVID certainly demonstrated the need and the value of telehealth. And it really provided proof that our model works regardless of how distant, you know, a country or community. And so that, you know, the ability for us to offer vital and tangible support to under-resourced hospitals is a wonderful gift. And also during the pandemic, we were overwhelmed by, as I spoke to, the number of providers asking to participate while they're simultaneously experiencing, you know, that immense pressure. So it once again pointed to the fact of how intrinsically rewarding this is for our volunteer physicians. Absolutely. I think anyone who's had the privilege of traveling to such places and seeing what our colleagues make do with, it's there are some moments of chagrin, really. So talking about another particular theater would be Ukraine. And sadly, the war has been utterly devastating. I touched on some of the secondary effects of the conflict on Ukraine's population recently in another podcast. What have you been doing to help in that particular part of the world? WTI quickly mobilized to provide care for patients in critical condition So we currently have eight telehealth devices there, each for a separate hospital facility. And the initial request we received from the Ministry of Health was specifically for combat trauma training. And in April, a team of trauma surgeons working with us traveled to Poland to train a group of Ukrainian surgeons that met them there. Now, after receiving that intensive in-person training, the Ukrainian physicians returned to their home hospitals, yet those relationships between the physicians during the training course will continue through these telehealth sessions. Many of the volunteer trauma surgeons and other medical specialists are going to be on call for emergency support with the Ukrainian physicians. And we're rapidly onboarding everything from neuro-ophthalmologist to combat-trained pediatric surgeon, and the list goes on. And the reality is Ukraine and the surrounding areas will take years to heal from this you know, tragic conflict, and WTI's programs will continue to serve Eastern Europe really for the long term. I hope that your urgent need in Ukraine is rapidly abated because this is it's just awful to, to see and oh. to contemplate. So just to get a little bit more aspirational, can you talk to us about some recent advances in telemedicine from a technical perspective and what does the future hold? Sure. So we are the fortunate recipients of Teladoc Health who's donating their technology to WTI. 
and they're the recognized leader in virtual care, and they are constantly innovating and advancing the application of telehealth in our daily lives. WTI benefits from this partnership because we get to offer the same cutting-edge technology to the clinics, hospitals, patients, and physicians that we are constantly interacting with. So I can't tell you, you know, I can't really speak very eloquently to all the technology advancements, but they truly offer enormous potential to transform global healthcare access. And it's truly a game changer for so many people. So we're going to see presumably enhanced uh, speeds, you know, with 5G and such like uh, for wireless applications and Right. You know, robotic, the incorporation of robotics that allows for, you know, actual uh, real-time telemedicine participation. So, as I said earlier, most of our listeners, I think, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, we think that they are mostly healthcare providers. What can they do to help WTI if people listening are inspired? And frankly, I know we have a people who are not healthcare providers. What can they do? We're going to put some stuff up in the show notes with links and such like, but what can people do to help, Sharon? I'm glad you asked that, Jonathan. Certainly for providers out there, volunteer your time and expertise. For the other listeners, I would say, you know, engage with us on social media and sign up for our newsletter to stay connected with our work and really become ambassadors and and share our work with your friends and family and professional networks. Well, you know, Sharon and I have not known each other that long, but I've known your colleague, Dr. Yulon Wang, for, Lord, over 30 years. And I just know that everything he touches turns to, to something wonderful. And I think that WTI is something wonderful. And I can tell all our listeners that my collaborations with Yulin have been some of the most joyous things in my life. Uh, always, you know, what, what he does improves the human condition, and that's what we all want. And I know under Sharon's leadership, WTI is doing just that. Sharon, finally, I like to ask all my guests some version of this question. If you had three wishes of ways to improve global health, what might they be? I'm so glad you're granting me three wishes. And that's the first I'm generous. I'm generous. <laughs> first of all, I hope Teladoc continues to provide innovative solutions to WTI. I wish that physicians' passion to foster knowledge transfer between each other continues. And finally, I wish for funding that allows WTI and our partners to truly transform global healthcare. Okay, well, having granted you the wishes, I'll just keep my fingers crossed that they come true. (laughs) Sharon Allen, thanks for joining us and sharing your brilliant work leading WTI to bring healthcare to anyone, everywhere, no matter their situation or, or needs. Bless you. Jonathan, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me today. So, as I said, WTI is creating new frontiers in global medical care. And if you at home would like to be part of this, they always welcome qualified medical professionals to volunteer with them in the fantastic work they do. And of course, other supports always welcome. So please visit their website, 
which is www.worldtelehealthinitiative.org. That's www.worldtelehealthinitiative.org, all spelled out, which is linked in the show notes if you want to find out more. Well, I'm afraid that's all we have time for on this episode of the EMG Health Podcast. Please join us next week for what I hope you will find to be another thrilling episode. So please, until then, stay safe, stay well, stay curious. I'm Dr. Jonathan Sakia, and thank you for listening to the EMG Health Podcast. Bye for now.